This is a very special episode of Talking Yoga with Joe, and it's quite different than the previous episodes. I recorded this episode with Tanasia Heinisch in my home city of New York. Tanasia was living for a couple of months in the city, working at her business stand, selling paper stars in Bryant Park. And the backstory of how this interview began started when I was home for the holidays in 2016. My family and I were all together in Manhattan, and I met Tanasia at her business stand. From talking about paper stars, we somehow started talking about yoga practice, and we made plans to meet up and talk more about yoga. Tanasia is a true definition of a world traveler. She's dedicated to spending her time traveling on the road, and she shares her love for yoga through her teachings in many countries. Overall, she is a great human being to meet. This is one of my favorite podcasts from the city. It was recorded inside of a cafe facing out of 42nd Street. It's one of the busiest streets in Manhattan. So there is some background noise some indoor music, but I hope that doesn't take you away from the great conversation I had with her. So for a moment, just close your eyes, think New York City, sitting in a small cafe, maybe grab yourself an espresso for this one and sit down with me as we hear the awesome story of Tanasia Heinisch. stop you from like meeting yourself. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Um, but when did you um, when did you start practicing yoga? Yeah, I was very lucky because my mother started practicing when I was a year old and I was with her all the time. So I really started as a child. I was I really practiced yoga. Like it's part of my everyday life since I can think. So and, and she also did a teacher training at some point so I like I was I was 10 or so when she started this teacher's training and she started to teach as well so she doesn't teach anymore but I kind of stick to it and I like now I do much more yoga and I'm I'm much closer to the whole yoga thing and my mother is herself but she kind of brought me there when I was little so um yeah that's that's she was practicing when you were one that like that is fortunate like a lot of people now they're getting into it like much later yeah like like um maybe it's good karma (laughs) <laughs> I think teaching yoga is like good coverage. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes. practicing that's even better. And where's your mom from? Like where's she's you German. She's German. Like my whole family is in Germany, and um, yeah, and they are German. Like they don't have any link to India or anything. But I like 
I start like when I when I finished school, I went to India. Like after finishing school, I went to India for a year, to India and Nepal, and that's actually when I when I started to really do like go into my own practice. Like I'm, I think I was 19 when I did that, and so that was really when I when I came into my really my practice, not the thing that I got with like with my education from home, but yeah. this really for myself. I started there, and I. Yeah, and then I then I then I started teaching at some point when I studied after after a couple of years later because I kind of I was I was kind of bored with my studies and I decided to to do something else to do something practical yeah. and then I did the like a small like this 200 hours yoga teacher training and started teaching What was your studies before? Like what kind of work international were you doing? development and South Asian studies so I also did like Hindi and Sanskrit before that already just because I found it really interesting so it kind of fit in that too in a way I'm not the international development part but the but the the South Asian part kind of because I was always interested in South Asian that's what brought you to India sort of in the first place kind of yeah and the, like and my passion for traveling like I just wanted in India it was more like about traveling it was of course I was interested in India otherwise I wouldn't have gone there but I just really wanted to leave Europe it was my first time out of Europe and I just really wanted to to see something different yeah, yeah. And India is like definitely different completely different yeah. I was completely shocked the first few weeks I did my teacher training out there it was like you know Where for me that was uh, I was in Dharamsala in, in northern oh, wow, India part. Cool. yeah what, uh, what parts did you travel around I was um, I like ba mainly the north. Like I spent a lot of time in Rajasthan and and then I went to the Kumbh Mela in Aridwar, like close to Rishikesh. There, this area. Like I spent a lot of time there. And then I, then I went to Nepal as well, and I spent stayed half a year in Nepal. Half yeah, a year. Half a year. Yeah. Yeah, I fell in love with Nepal. What do you do when like you travel to these new places and like Nepal, for example? What did you do out there? And I like I met many friends there, and like some of them were doing some social work, some social projects and stuff. So I was helping out there a lot, and and I you know I love to be in the nature. So I was yeah. like I was hiking a lot. I was doing this and that, and I just love to be with people and to learn about different cultures. And that's basically what I do when I'm on the road. I'm meeting people, learning about cultures, doing. Doing different things, cool. <laughs> like with that people. sounds like so you. Do you like take notes a lot too? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I like my diary is my, like, my closest thing. <laughs> like I write every day. Like I, I don't, I don't plan on writing a book or anything. I just do it for myself. That's important for like people to experience when they travel. Just like soak everything in. Absolutely, I think so too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's. I always think it's so interesting, um, like when you when you're traveling, and you like you sort of mm, school your senses for like for the for interesting people. I feel that like because I get so open when I'm on travels because I need all my all my presence to 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 be aware of everything that happens around me. 
in a different culture that I don't know. So I really have to be present. And when I am, then I then I happen to meet the people I needed to meet. You know, like then I, I get much more aware of the moment where there is the person that I wanted to meet. I think it's something also with you that I like why did we talk about yoga in that in that circumstance? It was just like Actually, like we could have also passed each other without talking about it, without talking that we have a common thing there, and yeah. we would have never talked to each other maybe. So, and I think that's something that, for me, like yoga for me is about like bringing myself to the present moment and traveling as well. And this is the thing that combines it, like the, like really the, the presence of being, like right now and right here and aware of what I'm doing right now and right here. So that's actually my... That's cool. Like, that's an interesting theme that I like going back to when I teach. Uh, because like in the posture practice of yoga, like it so tunes you into that present moment because whether you're in a very challenging uh, yoga asana or whether it's something that makes you feel maybe discomforting, yes. right? Like it really tunes you in and it's breath work. Yeah. Um, and I love how you bring it back into like travel too. So often we like as people we go to these new places and like we just go to trips and like we get photos and it's just like right, I've been here, I'm ready to go on to the next place. But like you, you really just like you know, you travel, you've been all over, which I wanna to talk to like in a minute about that, but you've been all over and you really like take in that present moment. And you practice yoga at all these places. I try. Yeah. <laughs> to like to be in the present moment. I think that is what is it all about because I mean if we live we should like we only live now we don't live like we did we did live yesterday fortunately and we hopefully will live tomorrow but um, the only way to experience it is now isn't it <laughs> yeah I think a lot too um, suffering and like our thoughts are usually mostly like past uh, things that have already happened yeah. or maybe some suffering is like anxiety of like what am I going to do next, where am I going to go next, um, but I promise people like if you really tune into to present it's usually like a pretty okay moment. And, yeah and I think it's I mean to face the things that we've lived in the past is very important because I think we all have our things that hurt and that like some some difficulties that we face or some like bad things that we that we live through but um, and it's really important to face those but also the only way to face those is right now you know to, to t take the time to really feel that feel what it made with me and what it does to me now because only then I can I can get over some traumas or some some bad things that happen when I when I'm now because like like what happened happened I can't change it I can't change now and like for me and, and with yoga I experienced a lot of like I found many how to say like dark corners in my sound in my soul where I found that oh my god something is not something is not healed there something is broken and I, I tried to fix it with with like with constant yoga practice and awareness and, and many many things that are important um, but I can only do this if I'm present if I'm now and if I take the time for it and that's what traveling is for me as well that I don't want to run away when I travel 
I want to escape anything. I want to travel to myself. I want to be like closer to myself to also face these kind of things. Because I realize that in an everyday life where I have to work, work like like eight to ten hours a day, and I don't, I don't, um, I don't have the time and the patience and the awareness to face myself. But when I'm traveling, I have to face myself every day, like to every survive. day, because it's to survive. Because I'm somewhere where I, where I don't know, like where In I New don't York know City space, right now. For example, yes, and it challenges me every day. Yeah. New York City, like living here, because you know, I said I told you, oh, looking at snowing a little bit too. Is it? Yeah, it's coming down very lightly. Oh my god. Um, the 25 years that I think I've spent here, you know, definitely like the climate, the cold, it, you know, teaches you to be just like a stronger physical person, but also like the massive amount of people here. Even now, we're just watching out of the window, and you see so many, so many people in one little area. Like you need to be really strong because people are nice, like there's good people. Yes. There are people that I think just, my dad says, are just having a bad day. <laughs> and like, you're gonna encounter them in these types of environments. Yes. Now where you grew up, um, in, in Germany? Mm -hmm. um, in what city and were you uh, in like a more country or city-like, what was it like? Close to Munich. Yeah, and right I was like, my most of my family lives in Munich and um, but I never lived in Munich itself. I always lived in suburbs. Outside. Yes, or in, in smaller cities around there. Yeah. And I moved a lot because my parents divorced when I was eight. And after that, I moved a couple of times because, like, yeah. yeah. Were you mostly in uh, Germany or did you travel? You said you traveled around Europe too. Mm. I am. Um, like, growing up, I was only in Germany. But. Um, after that, I lived in Vienna, in Austria for five years, and also my travels. Like like this past year, I, I traveled in, because, you know, I, I bought a bike now. I'm traveling a lot with a bicycle right now. So, um, and I bought this bike in Germany, so I cycled all the way to Turkey. No way. With my bicycle, wow. so I traveled through many different countries in, in Europe. And Europe is, like, if you're European, you know your ways. It's very easy to travel, like so. Like I, I, I really like it in there too. What's like yeah. the quote or like the advice? Like just pick your direction. You want to go? Just go. What's that? Yeah, follow. Hmm. How to say that? I would say, be. Hmm. My advice for a traveler would be be open to the to the things the world offers you and to the to the people that come closer to you. Just realize that they are approaching you. Because so often we are walking by each other, especially in a big city like this, see how many people walk by each other. They don't talk. But maybe if they would talk, maybe they would find their best friend. And that would ha that's what happens to me in, in travels all the time. And that's that's the, the great you know school of it. That, like everyone, everyone out there could be your best friend. Those you moments are so cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't take uh, much effort, you know, if you think about it. It just starts with just being a nice person, I think, saying hello. 
And I had this situation here in New York. I literally, like, I was kind of desperate. Not really for a reason, just only because the city was too much. I just, you know, I lost my way in the subway and I came out in a completely different direction where I didn't want to go. And it was like completely just desperate. I was like, oh my god, this is all too much. How am I going to survive in this city? And I, I literally just started crying on the street. And I was like, it was really, I, I really felt so bad. And this guy just stopped and he's like, are you okay? Can I do anything for you? Do you need a hug? And I was like, oh my god, yes. And this hug was like a complete stranger. I'd never seen him before. I will probably never see him again. But he just, you know, like he just made my day that day. He just saved me. That's so beautiful, isn't it? How powerful is that for you? It is. In that moment, yeah. Absolutely. It's so did he give you directions too? No, you? not at all. He just no. asked me if everything alright, do you need anything? Yeah. Do you need a hug? He's like, yes, I could use a hug. <laughs> and that that was it and he went away and everything. It, it I mean still I didn't know where I was, but <laughs> but it was easier to find my way afterwards just because someone I felt not alone. Yeah. Like I said, just simple, right? Just making sure ever it's like tribal in a way. You said on your website, um, you mentioned like a tribal nomadic, you know, you travel around. Do you think that's easy um, to do? And what are the challenges? Do you think it is for like the lifestyle? I, the challenge is to um, to get rid of all the the things that bind you. Like the challenge, actually. Like of course you have challenges every day, but the main challenge for me was before starting because I had like I sold everything I don't like I have a box full of diaries and a box full of yoga books nothing else just my backpack so um, I didn't store anything and to get rid of all that that was difficult and also this like social process because many people disagree many people feel that like it's you shouldn't do this or it's dangerous especially as a girl as a woman you know like so many like I've been traveling to many like I've, I did the land route from Germany to Pakistan, hitchhiking. So I hitchhiked from Germany to Pakistan. And people tell me, like, you're crazy, you cannot do this alone as a woman. But, um, and this is, this is the real challenge, to face this social pressure that people tell you, you have to get a real job, you have to, um, you cannot do this, you cannot do that, you cannot be so free. Yes, I can. But I always have to, you know, tell people that I can do it. Because I choose it. I don't, like, you know, I, I use my own money. I don't use anyone's money or anyone's anything. <laughs> I just use myself. But, but that's, that's the real challenge, is the social pressure. That's inspiring. But also you, you work hard too, like you're working here in the city now. Course. And like that's what brings you to travel around. Yeah, of course you cannot you cannot not work. Yeah. I just I just don't want to work in the same place all the time every day. Yeah. But I want to work. Work is nice. I learn a lot with working. Yeah. And I meet nice people. <laughs> so on your website you were like this year you were almost in a different country. Um, where did you start? I think somewhere in was it at one point Madagascar. Mm. Last year, I did the same job like this year. But and explain a little bit about what you do. 
and like having that. I just sell paper. Yeah, I sell paper stars. They Which are, are the coolest things. Yeah, we they love are ours. really cool. And that's they how we met. Yeah, just stars. So, um, um, yeah, I did the same thing on a Christmas market in Berlin last year. And it was really cold last year in Berlin. So I decided I wanted to go, or like me and my partner, we decided to go to a um, warm place afterwards. And like he wanted to go to an island, and I wanted to go to Africa. So we ended up in Madagascar. So <laughs> it's a happy compromise. We did, sure, and it yeah. was beautiful. Like it's amazing. Madagascar is wow. I love it. It's amazing. Cool. How long did you spend out there? Mm, two and a half months. Right on. Mm. So doing cycling. work, cycling, <laughs> and yoga. Cycling and yoga, yes. Cool. And you offer like different uh, classes, different workshops. Yeah, whenever whenever the chance comes up. Like in Madagascar, there are many people who are interested because in Madagascar there is no single yoga school in the whole. Like there is something for tourists, but not for the people. So so many people asked me about it, like because they were interested, they have heard about it, or they saw something in the internet. Yeah. So I just. Yeah, so I just said, okay, I don't speak French, I don't speak Malagash, but I can try it. So we did some yoga together and it was beautiful, it was really beautiful. And that was like, that was not for earning money, that was just for passion, because it was it was just so cool to tell someone who has never seen anything like yoga, to just show him it or her. So, um, and then, like some, like when I returned to Europe, I I did like in some schools that I know already, I did some classes, or then I did a, a workshop in my hometown because like my best friend said she wanted to, she yeah she she it was her wish kind of. And yeah, and then sometimes I do these like open classes in parks, but I mean not in this time of the year, but it's time it's cold. It's, it's cold. a little more challenging. Yeah. But yeah, and I really like. I want to have more contacts to people all over the world, so that we could maybe like do something together, or like, yeah. Even like things like this. I mean, you're sharing your story, and uh, hopefully, this gets to all the people all over the world. I think it's so cool and inspiring what you're doing. Um, Thank you. I don't think it's easy. I think it's so cool, but I don't think it's easy um, doing what you're doing, especially. Uh, physically, like biking from Germany <laughs> to Turkey, biking through Pakistan, um, but you're like very in the moment, you're very present and you take it all in. Um, do you think that there's like, how do you feel about um, the state of yoga? Like is there good things about it right now? Are there more challenging things? Like there's different You schools. mean the present, the present state of yoga? Mm -hmm. Compared to, you know, like this practice that's like 5,000 years old, yeah. where is it at now? I think, like, I think we really have to defer a lot between, um, between this old ancient tradition or these old ancient texts like the Patanjali Yoga Sutra um, and what we practice today. Because what we like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's something completely different, yeah. and um, and we can learn a lot from these old texts. But um, 
but we are like our practice today is something like we are challenging like we, we have different challenges we have different surroundings everything is different and I also like I think it's very difficult to say um, like to really bring those two together although I really like to read those old texts and learn from them but I think like this modern postural yoga that we are doing today is very different and um, and like the state yoga is in, I think it's, I think it's great that we have an international yoga community in all around the world, like everywhere people do yoga. That's that's amazing, and that's a good thing. But um, no, no. There is no but. There is no but. It's amazing that we have an international yoga community, and yeah. And but we have to see it's an industry, and people earn a lot of money with this. And like there is this whole and I don't really know what to like how to how to deal with that sometimes I don't find my own place in this whole like modern yoga community sometimes because it's so hip and it's so you know everyone is so so beautiful and 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 wears this nice yoga fashion and whatever and I, I'm like I don't really see myself in that so especially in this whole like the presenting of the yogic body and pictures and so so on that's really difficult for me like you also have to know I'm a feminist I'm a passionate feminist and um, I I wrote some texts like I wrote my bachelor thesis on on the like the, the display of the yogic body on 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 advertising with a like from a feminist perspective it's fascinating. so um, I really disagree with that sometimes because it's like there is an there's a naked bodies like almost naked or even naked bodies like shown just to promote yoga and to make money with it which is like two completely different things for me but I don't know like so it's, it's a really difficult question what to say to the like state of yoga in this world it's, it's so multi-dimensional yeah. it's beautiful it's it's weird sometimes sometimes it's horrible sometimes it's beautiful again and like it's everything i also think more people are practicing yoga more than ever mm. in the history uh, and i think that's so important and good for just people to be practicing but you mentioned like it is a business and now yoga is in like these fitness industries um can we go back to like the ancient texts even still you know can it be more than just yoga postures can it be much more minds? Yeah. Of course, and it is. I think it is. I think the people who practice yoga nowadays, they don't only practice to to physically train their bodies. They practice to to also like achieve a peace of mind and to to calm down and to relieve from stress and to meditate in one or the other way or to find their connection to God in one or the other way, whatever you think that is. So I think it is more than just physical practice. And also what I saw with my students, most of them, like most of them come because they have like ache in their backs or 
because they want to like lose weight or whatever it is. But most of them come for physical reasons. But they end up starting reading, reading some like philosophic texts or starting meditating or or just like they like those students who like really get deeper into it. All of them like end up somewhere completely else where they actually wanted to go. They wanted to come and you know be what the pictures show us. But they ended up like being somewhere completely else, which I appreciate. I love it. I think it's amazing that that you transform also your your thought about yoga. Like you come there, you think, oh, it's cool fitness, and you go out and you think, maybe it's not. Maybe it's more. <laughs> For sure. And maybe this breathing is something else than I actually thought it was. It's such a sustainable practice too. Like you can practice no matter what age. Um, for your whole life, and I love that. And I mean, it's, it's a really powerful practice too. Because you, you go in for physical reasons. What is it you think that like makes people? No matter what, you're gonna go into a yoga practice. I think and it's gonna be very transformational mentally. Like how, if you were to scientifically or maybe spiritually, you know, try and describe that, like what is exactly going on? You know, you're doing the postures, and you think, okay, I just want to lose weight. I just want to, you know, get this, um, uh, heal this injury that I have. But you come out and you leave with much, much, much more. Yeah. What has it ever, has it ever happened to you that you were in a poster and you you worked on that poster and you just just because you sorry <laughs> just because you you really worked on that poster you just had to cry or you just like had the intense feeling a feeling coming up like a really intense one just because of this poster so it even if you do only the postural practice it goes deeper than you actually I think there's like uh, explanation physically too like yeah we hold a lot of uh, emotions in our hips and our neck and our shoulders Absolutely. and then there's much more uh, a spiritual deeper level that maybe we can't put into words uh, just yet but yeah you're right and it's through the body right that we can uh, attain that yeah. like, higher state of being and, and maybe even some of our like of our traumas and our things that they manifest in the body because we are like it's, there's it's one like we are still like one and also this this like physical body is divine if you want to call it like this and um and you also like you also feel these things in your body like the the, the things that happen to you or the, the like you have your whole history transcripted in yourself so um and it doesn't lie, right? Like it's there. It's there, and you cannot like you can you can look away from it, but you won't get rid of it, and you don't want to get rid of it as well because it, this is you, and it's yeah, and and this this also brings me back to my you know my my gender topic in a way that because because like I found in my while I was practicing yoga I found so many like so many difficulties that I faced with my gender and with like with everything that I experienced there and with and that actually like that is why I started questioning and why I started um, 
like going into feminist literature as well and like going deeper in that and then the weird thing is this like display of the yogic body for me like these are two things of the same like it's yoga but it's like for me and for my personal practice I I gained so much strength to face um, social pressures and, and, and difficulties and on the other side like the yoga industry is just reproducing the same thing and that's what weirds me out sometimes and where I really don't know where to put myself you know like where is my place in this whole weird industry or in this whole weird community or whatever you want to call it because I don't want to see it only as an industry because for me it's it's much more than just making money. Of course, I earned money with yoga. I have, I admit that. I'm the same. Like we all earn. Like you did the same thing. I, I'm sure you also like people pay for your classes, and it's good like that. It's it's okay. But I don't want to only be part of the yoga industry. It's a different thing. It is such a, a back and forth. It can be, and it's a very thin line. It is a business, but I think when we go back to like the ancient texts um, and we can like study that and meditate on it, uh, we realize like, it's much, much more. I think it's okay that yoga is a business. Like I think about it a lot because we are getting more and more people to practice yoga, and slowly, I think for sure, like we are changing the world. Like one posture, one class um, at a time, every breath at a time. Is your work um, that you were doing for this project, is it online, like can people find it? And what was it text? What kind of project was it? Yeah, no, it was not really a project. It was my bachelor thesis that I wrote for my studies. It's not really online because I'm, it's, it's in German also. So um, we can translate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I will at some point. I'm, I'm pretty sure because I really like this is my aim actually I want to go on in this direction like working a lot in yoga and gender and this topic and um, I like I just applied for a study program which is yoga like yoga traditions like the traditions of yoga and meditation is the course it's, it's taking place in, in London and it's a master program and I want, really want to take that because I want to go on also write something scientifically about that topic so um, we will see I hope that one day I will publish something of this because I have many thoughts in this direction and I really want to clear them and go into one direction but we will see what the future brings I think that's so important. We'd love to see that too in the world because it's very specific and um, when we answer these questions, I think in yoga, um, it brings more like comfort, it brings more answers and um, maybe, in, maybe in 2017 it's a much more necessary thing that we need to talk about. Yes, absolutely. Is the gender, is um, you know the sexiness in advertising and yoga and all of this. And I think we have to talk like we like as yoga is a social phenomenon in this world right now in this modern world we have to face that there is racism there is sexism also in yoga like I was shocked I went to some yoga studios here and I saw only white people in the class but if you walk around in New York City you do not only see white people you see people of all colors 
But the moment you enter a yoga studio, you don't see any black person. Why is this? Yeah. We're all the same. Everyone is able to do yoga. Why? Like, in the theory. But why is it like this? I mean, maybe it was also a co coincidence. It was just that one day, but it's weird. If there are 60 people, like, it was a huge class. I was, was I never saw such a huge, huge yoga class. And so many people in a room, and there is no single black person. Why? Yeah. You know, like, that's weird. And New York City is very diverse. Like, we look around, and it's a melting pot for different cultures, colors. And where I'm from, in Yonkers, it's a very diverse city. And my best friends, my great friends, are all different colors and races. So I see that, I saw, I noticed that the first time, the first couple of times I went into a yoga class. And it's, um, for me, not very comforting. Like, I like being in, like, in a mix of different people. And to me, that's more yoga when you bring together, like, the union, yes, right? same here, same yeah. here, yeah. So what's your, I want to ask you what your personal practice is like. Um, do, you, uh, do you practice asanas, but do you have a like, meditation practice as well? What does that look like day to day? Yes, I do. Um, that changes really a lot to my, like, it, as, because my life is very, you know, like, it changes a lot with the place I am right now or with yeah. what I'm doing right now. So right now I'm working a lot. So right now... I do a lot of meditation, I do a lot of pranayama as well, like breathing exercises because I feel like that I really need this to, to get the city out sometimes <laughs> as well. And um, in other times I do more asana, like it's really, it really changes from month to month. It, I, can, I cannot generalize that. Which sometimes, sometimes I miss having this like really the same practice every day over a few months I would love to have that sometime but I just cannot um, get, bring it together with my life because I, I need something else every day yeah sometimes I need like really flow really active strong asana practice and sometimes I just need quiet and meditation so. that's freedom too because you get to choose like today <laughs> I feel like work was just so much so today I just want to like Go more uh, slow and steady and do deep breathing. Mm. What kind yeah. of um, pranayama exercise do you like to act? Mm, right now I do like kapalapati a lot. Yep. So and forceful exhale through your nose, engaging yes. your abdominals. Yes. Yeah. And then I I do a lot of like in the morning I always do the Surya Vedana, so breathing through the right nas nostril and um, focusing on that side and in the evening I always do the um, Chandra Vedana so the, the other side the left side to just calm me down and it really works like I I was questioning like before I started doing this regularly I really questioned is it really working doing like this one side the other side I, I so always question from the morning to really evening working. you do the uh, you change I do the I do the right side like I to, like when I'm very, when it's hard for me to wake up in the morning, okay. I start with the right side. I always breathe through the right, just through the right nostril, like uh, maybe 20, 20 breaths. And um, then I breathe through both again, try to like center and see what changed. Then I do the same amount of breaths through the other side. And in the evening I do it the other way around. So I start with the left side and I finish with the right side. 
So it's not your typical alternate nostril where you're breathing in through one side, through your left, holding it, and then you're exhaling through the other that's side. That's like that's a different. That's a different. That's like different technique. A di yeah, that's yeah. a different pranayama. I do that sometimes too. Um, but I realized just in the last few weeks where it's really like in the dark time of the year it's always hard for me to get up in the morning so I I started doing that I tried it to do the right side like in the morning focus on the right side and it really works I really like I questioned it like I questioned my teachers <laughs> if it really works so I tried it it works for me at least so that's awesome yeah. I'm huge on pranayama breathing I try and bring it to everyone in my classes, and I learned a lot about it in India. Um, I think it's a super powerful tool. Like, if you want to deepen your yoga practice, which which pranayamas do you focus on? Um, I like starting with like either Bastrika, like just in in and out of the nose, um, and Kapabhati is you know I think a great forceful one. I try and do it almost every day, um, alternate nostril, and then there's like some you can go really really deep in, you know, somewhere you're closing off your ears and nose and they like you're you know using all five of your fingers like close your eyes and stuff I forget the actual name of it yeah um, but as long as you're breathing as long as you're taking deep breaths um, there's one have you ever heard of Wim Hof the Iceman mm -hmm. he has a breathing exercise okay. that I really like doing before like taking cold showers where it's taking a really deep breath all the way in uh, then letting go with like a soft exhale just a little bit but taking another deep breath all the way in so you're focusing on trying to just hold in that deep breath okay. um, and if you do this repetition uh, you're able to like go out in the deep, like temperatures of like cold wow. and you're able to like sustain that that, that temperature that's cool I have yeah. to try that in New York City you try it here it's it <laughs> true it's true and I know you gotta go soon yeah. What can people in like your class when they find you? What can they expect in your yoga classes? My love, <laughs> basically. Like, um, I really try to focus a lot on my students on what they need right now because I had many different students as well. I had like. I taught some classes for like overweight people as well and they like they you need to like physically you need to focus on very different things than if you have a class full of students. So I really try like every yoga class is completely different for me I think. And like all like I try to put myself into it and like I, I hope that my yoga students can expect to meet the real me there. So? <laughs> I hope it. <laughs> two quick questions. If you had to choose um, maybe two books to bring with you, I mean, you travel a lot, one yoga book and maybe one non-yoga book, um, what would you choose and recommend? Non-yoga book, mm -hmm. The Life of Pi. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. And yoga book. This is actually the one that I always carry around. I only know it in German. It's like Volker Christmann, Die Blüte des Yoga. It's called like it's called the, the flower of yoga, and it just it has these really beautiful, simple explanations and these really beautiful pictures. That's yeah. awesome. Very visual. It's, yeah, it's pretty visual, and it's 
it's also very light, so I can carry it. It's not huge. Easy to travel. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, if you're in New York City, do you know what's next? How long are you going to stay here? What's your I next will route? stay here, like I will stay in the States until beginning of February. And in that time, I will visit some friends, do something, and and sleep a lot after this, work, <laughs> this working area. Like, but I don't have exact plans. Let's see. Why not? Well, people are going to find you online. Uh, can you say your website and spell it? Yeah, thereseheinisch.com. It's T-H-E-R-E-S-E-H-E-I-N-I-S-C-H.com. <laughs> Check it out. Thank you're you. all over the world. Your work is awesome. And seriously, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I yeah. really I enjoyed it. There it is, another really fun episode for me, and I hope it was just as fun and informative for you. So far, I love doing this podcast, and I've gotten to know some pretty cool and powerful people like Tedesia because of doing this kind of work. So thank you for being a listener of this work, and I truly appreciate it. If you have one more moment, go into your iTunes store and please rate um, Talking Yoga with Joe. And if you want to reach out to me on any social media, you can connect by liking the page Yoga with Joe.